Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm the Bill Arnold part of that short sentence. Awfully glad to have Jason Stonehouse in studio. We're going to, well, I'll go back to something I said earlier today. I want you to biblically respond to the gospel. And we're going to talk today about the problem. Um, maybe it is, what, what is the problem you see with the way many churches and Christians approach the idea of spiritual growth and discipleship? Jason's got a lot to say about that, so we're going to pick his brain on that, and we're going to open up the text line as well. If you've got a question or you hear something you would like us to uh, elaborate on or make uh, more clear, that'd be something I would say, not Jason, because I'm sure he'll be very clear. But that number is 877-933-2484, and we're going to take 60 seconds and then start with Jason Stonehouse in just a minute. We live in a connected world, but no advancement in technology can offer real peace, hope, or encouragement. You can use technology to stay connected to the true source of life, God, when you download the free Faith Radio Network app. The app allows you to listen to previously aired programs, read articles, and listen to the live stream. Search for Faith Radio Network in your app store to download the free Faith Radio Network app today. Connecting faith to life. Faith Radio. The way in which he showers his love upon people is not a little trickle spurting out now and then, but he has poured out his love. He has showered his love upon us in order that we might shower his love upon those who seem the most unlikely and undeserving recipients of it. Show me how to spend a life. Each day, together, growing in our faith. Faith Radio. My guest has a very big smile on his face. The song he requested. Jason Stonehouse is a lead pastor at Grace Church, and we are uh, awfully glad to have him back in the studio. Jason, welcome back. Hey, thanks. It's great to be here. No kidding. So let's talk about the way that we approach this idea of spiritual growth and, and discipleship in churches nowadays. Yeah, so I, um, as a pastor for the last 20-some years, I continually got frustrated with all of the uh, discipleship programs that were out there and all of the different focal points because it seemed like most were focused on one of two things, um, that spiritual growth would be associated with what I know, so focus on the head, the intellect, and we've all probably been through different curriculums and things like that where we've got 12 volumes on a shelf somewhere of all the different things of what it means to be a disciple. And so you would 
get ahead in church by just knowing more about the Bible or knowing more about God. And then the second thing that I think churches often define discipleship or even a mature follower or mature believer is the idea of action, but really action more in a legalistic sense. So we talk about this is the thing that a good Christian does. This is the thing that a good Christian doesn't do. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, it tended to be one of those two things, either what I know or what I do. And the more that I wrestled with Scripture, the more that I understood that really the mature believer or the disciple of Christ is is really about identity. It's not about what you know. It's not about what you do. Those are pieces of it, but it really comes into your identity, who you are in Christ, who I am. And so as we started wrestling with just that beginning concept to say, okay, if it's really about identity— well, then we can't just teach people uh, to fill their minds with knowledge. We can't just ask them to adhere to these set of rules or whatever. We have to actually say, what is it that shapes our identity? What is it that affects the way that we live our lives and who we are as, as individuals? And so that really brought us to the point of understanding that all of life seems to flow through relationships. And so we developed uh, something together with a, a friend of mine from that I went to college with, um, called the three relationships. And what we said that it is it is the relationships that tend to shape our identity. If you think about um, the things that most impacted you growing up, you would probably say, well, it was my parents had influence in my life, or maybe I had a teacher or a coach or a friend mm-hmm. or something like that. And it really wasn't so much what they said. It was the relationship that you had with them that you remember that has really shaped who you are today, right? So, mm-hmm. so I think a lot of this comes into relationships and we, I think, in the church have put too much emphasis on the knowledge piece and the action piece and really not enough emphasis on the relational piece. All right. That's, uh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I, I, I like this. So we're going to talk about uh, three different key relationships, aren't we, today? Yeah, yeah. And I have a feeling one of them is going to be your relationship with God. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't even see that. They see, well, when I say relationship, we don't often think God first. We think, well, I have a relationship with my wife or, you know, I have a relationship mm-hmm. with friends. But really, we do have a relationship with God. And that is one of the things that really will shape you differently if you really actually look at that as a relationship with God, which means there needs to be communication, there needs to be an understanding of who he is and his character, there needs to be spending time with him, not just analyzing him like a, you know, like <laughs> a trying to dissect a frog in, in science class, mm-hmm. you know, it's actually really relating with him and knowing him. And then secondly is the relationship with other believers, which we call the relationship with the church. And then thirdly is our relationship with people who are outside of faith, which we call the world. So what we would say, our three key relationships are a relationship with God, a relationship with the church, and then our relationship with the world. All right. Now, this is very interesting, Jason, but I want to back up just a little bit, and I want to start with this whole idea of spiritual growth and discipleship, and I want to ask your opinion uh, as to where you think we are in those departments. How are we doing with spiritual growth and discipleship today? Well, I think um, for the people that have kind of gone the mainstream route, uh, I think it's 
we are filling with minds, you know, and, and, and information and all that kind of stuff again. But I think what more people are doing is they're resisting that whole idea. And so really what we have is we have a whole lot of churchgoers who their discipleship or their growth is primarily based on the sermons on a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really don't have a lot of people, at least in my understanding and, and from our own church, that are taking a lot of time outside of that Sunday morning uh, context to really be discipled. And so I would say we are gravely lacking in this area in the American church today. Yeah. And it's very important to be making disciples. Yeah. Yeah. Bible I, talks it, about that all day long. Yeah. It's, and Jesus really said, follow me, you know? Yeah. And so there, that whole idea of what does it mean to really follow Jesus? It is a relational pursuit. It is not an intellectual one. And I'm really glad, Jason, you talked about identity. That's such an important point. Yeah, yeah, who who we are in Christ because every single human being has this aspect of the image of God in them and also has this because of sin this depravity. So you have this dignity and this depravity that's that's at war in inside of us. And so part of that identity piece is really understanding who God designed us to be and every one of us is wired up differently, right? So part of it is just saying, well what would what would I look like without all the brokenness and damage and and sin? and really seeing more and more of Christ's character in me. And that's going to look different. I I was just talking with some of my church staff today and just looking at certain individuals around the circle. And I said, you know, I can see, I can learn something about God's faithfulness by watching how faithful you are. Mm. And I can learn something about God's delight by just seeing how much you light up when certain things happen. And, And so we learn about God from watching each other because we're all wired up differently and we exemplify parts of his character differently. So you're one of those affirming pastors. <laughs> well, I, I, it's an area I'm really working on, I would say that. <laughs> yeah. But that's a, a beautiful way to affirm staff. And, and what an what a amazing thing to hear. Yeah. You know, I learned something about God by watching you. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and that's what it, that's what I really believe God meant when he said we're created in his image mm-hmm. is that there are we are image bearers. So there's aspects of God and his character that is that are that are in us. Yeah. And some of them a little bit more strongly because of how he's wired us. But this identity part is if we think about what we do well or what we do poorly and we measure ourselves based on that. We're missing the point, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I, the Gospel of Luke says that from out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Of course. And I think we go the other way and we say, well, I want to do, I want to say the right things or do the right things, but we've never really dealt with the heart issue. Mm-hmm. And that's really where discipleship and identity are really found. Because if the identity is correct and if we're in Christ, then what's going to flow out of us are going to be the right actions and the right intellect and information. Mm-hmm. But if we miss this piece and we, and I think so long for so many years, the church has had this backwards and we were like, I don't, well, we can't change hearts. So let's just work on changing their minds or let's work on changing their behavior. But I really still believe what Jesus did and what we're called to as pastors is to really work with the heart. Mm-hmm. I'm a simple man, Jason. I'm going to say my identity is based on what I know about God. Hmm. Think about that. Yeah, that's good. That's what I know. I mean, if I can't sit around and think about me, right. that's a horrible waste of time. But I can think about what I know about God. Yeah. And that informs me about my identity. Well, remember when uh, Jesus asked Peter, 
who do people say I am? Right. You know, and it's all these different things. Well, some people think they're this, some people think you're this. And, and Peter says, but I believe that you are the Christ. And that, what you know about Christ, he wanted him to know that. And he said, from that, we're, we're going to build your church. He's going to build his church is on that testimony that Peter gave. So I like that. So I think what I'll do is take a short break. And then when we come back, I want to start digging into these relationship with God, relationship with church which is other believers in in Christ, Mm -hmm. and then relationship with the world, the people outside of faith. And I want to dig way deeper into that. Sounds great. And I also want to let listeners know that if you have a question for Jason, 877-933-2484 is the text line, 877-93-FAITH. We'll be back in 90 seconds. Welcome back to the show. Pastor Jason Stonehouse is in studio. He's the lead pastor at Grace Church North. And what an interesting... Uh, Not gonna, North, Roseville. That's what I meant. Yeah. I meant Roseville. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say North? I didn't mean yeah, North. Yeah, well, we do have a Grace Church North, and that's we have a campus pastor, so we have two campuses. Yeah, one you're in, in Roseville. Yeah, I'm in Roseville. Yeah, of course yeah. I knew that. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, this is a very interesting topic we're dealing with today, and that's about... Uh, the way churches and Christians are looking at the idea, approaching the idea of spiritual growth and discipleship. And Jason has identified three key key relationships, relationship with God, relationship with the church, that would be other believers in Jesus, and relationship with the world. So now that we've established those three relationships, Jason, there's got to be some questions we start asking. Yeah, I think the first thing is, how do you approach the relationships in your life? Um, there's a different approach. So what we would say is we call them postures. Um, what is the posture? So when we when we come to God, the posture or the attitude that we want to approach God with is an attitude of humility. Um, so where He's God and we're not, and that's so key when it comes to relationship with God. He doesn't. He we're not equals. We're not on equal terms where we can ask something of one another in that way. Um, and then when it comes to the church, we put, we use a posture of uh, love to say everything that we do is is um, through love. And then in a relationship with the world, we use a posture of readiness where we don't know when, when and where God's going to work, but mm-hmm. as we have opportunity with people, we want to be ready to respond. I like so. that. So let's just back up because I think we went through those a little bit too fast sure. for my liking. Um, the relationship with the world, let's ad- adapt a um, readiness because, like you say, we should live with a sense of urgency that we need to tell others who are lost about the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I, I think part of that is we need to be able to anticipate and assume that God is at work in people's story. Of course. You know, God yeah. is working in these people's lives. And so it's not up to me. <clears throat> I just need to be ready to respond how God is is kind of setting that up, whether that be in the grocery line, you know, with somebody in front of me or behind me and I have an opportunity to have a conversation or whether it be with a, a waiter in a restaurant, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. 
we have to approach all of those with a sense of readiness that God's already been here. God's gone before us. God's prepared the way. And we just need to say, what is it that I need to do here? It may not be that I'm sharing the four spiritual laws or the three happy hops to heaven or whatever they, <laughs> whatever we have today. But the idea being is that I just want to be ready. Sometimes that might be just to be a word of encouragement. Sometimes it might be to ask a question that provokes further thought or who knows. Sometimes at a restaurant, it might be, hey, we're going to pray for our meal. How can we pray for you? And so it's just being ready to respond how God's going to lead us. And as it relates to our identity, Jason, we're, we're paying attention to this because this is who God is making us, helping us become. Do I have that right? Yeah. I, I think for me, a lot of times growing up, and particularly even when I've been a pastor, is you often tend to develop this mindset with your, with your Christian faith that I'm on and off right? Like I'm not at church right now. So, you know, my faith is turned off right now. So Mm -hmm. I can kind of act however I want at home because my my faith's not really active. And I think what we're saying is no, a discipleship, a a disciple is an, it's their identity. It's who they are. So you don't turn that on and off. And I think for too long, we've, we've kind of had this mindset in the church where it's like, well, I'm not doing a church, uh, a religious thing right now, so I don't really need to be religious. When really, if it's your identity, then it's not just something I know. It's not just something I do. And it's that, that's why we use this term posture, because we want to be in a posture of readiness where we're always on, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about the posture again regarding the relationship with the church and other believers. Yeah, so that's the posture of love. That's this idea of saying, um, Jesus said, I want you to love as I have loved you, which really way ups the bar on that. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to love people as they love us, but for us to love people as Christ loved us, that's a very different ballgame. And so if we were to approach our relationship with other Christians, number one, believing the best about them instead of assuming the worst, which we tend to do uh, when we're having conversations with folks, Um, but then really saying, how did Christ love me? Well, he was patient with me. He was gentle with me. He, um, he, he put himself aside for the, for my needs. And so if we approach one another with that kind of love, I think our churches would be revolutionally changed because it would just be amazing to see what it looks like to really, truly love others as Christ loved us. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about the posture of humility, when it comes to God, how, how do we better do that? How do we come under the complete authority of God's word in our life and a, a complete sense of uh, surrender and humility. Yeah, I think it's, I think part of it is just to recognize where pride is showing up in our lives, because I think a lot of times when we've been hurt, when we've been broken, we tend to use that as an excuse for maybe behaving in certain ways. And it's really pride that Mm -hmm. is trying to, we're using pride to protect ourselves. We're using pride to, and so we have to be identifying clearly what are the pride things. Some of it's, hey, I expected God to show up here and I expected God to do this. Well, that's kind of a prideful thing. That's not coming humbly and saying, God, I need you. I need you to teach me. I need, I need to learn from you. And so if we approach God with this attitude of a servant as he approaches us, then we're going to find ourselves really experiencing more and more of who God made us to be. Mm-hmm. Is pride and ego pretty much the same thing? Yeah, I don't you know. Think? Yeah, I don't know that I I would make much difference of it. I, although I do think this this piece that I've just discovered recently that, you know, when I was talking about that pain 
our our past pain can often lead to pride as a as a protection mechanism. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say somebody that's in that place is walking around saying, "Look how great I am." I you know. So I wouldn't say that's an ego thing, but mm-hmm. it's just a protective thing that we're using. But really, what we're re- what we're not understanding is we're actually keeping ourselves from God because we're putting a wall up, and then pride sometimes can be that wall in addition to the ego. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about rhythms. We we covered postures nicely. Let's move into rhythms. So let's let's think about this concept of rhythms for a second. Um, when you think about the the relationships that are most meaningful in your life, it's likely that you have a number of rhythms, these habits that you practice consistently that really allow that relationship to grow. So I'll give you a great example. Um, so one of the things that at certain seasons of my marriage that I, a rhythm I practice would be a date night. And so we've had seasons where it's been once every week or every two weeks where my wife and I will go out, just the two of us, we'll get a babysitter. Well, there's nothing magical about the date night, but the fact that we set this as a rhythm, as a regular occurrence, whenever we've had seasons where we've practiced that rhythm, our relationship has gotten better, Hmm, you know, because we've spent that time together. So that's the premise that these rhythms are built on. It's this idea of saying, what could I practice regularly in my relationship with God, in my relationship with the church, and in my relationship with the world that if I were to practice this rhythm consistently would actually create an environment where I would grow in that relationship. There would be a greater depth. There would be a greater health to that relationship if I would practice these rhythms. And rhythm is a happy word, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a feel-good word. It is. And if you think that I'm going to do something and, and there will be a new discipline, but I can call it a rhythm, yeah. that makes it almost a little bit easier to swallow, doesn't it? Yeah. Because discipline is a, sometimes a hard word. Yes, it is. And I think a lot of, t- a lot of what we wrestled with when we came to this was we said, oh, there's a number of quote-unquote spiritual disciplines that we could practice, but they they become too much of the focus. So the focus becomes, did I read my Bible today? Yeah. Did I pray to get today? That's a discipline. But we would say one of the rhythms that we use for God is to hear from God. And, it, and it, we say, I am shaped by the Word and by the Spirit. Well, underneath that rhythm of hearing from God I'm going to probably be in Scripture. I'm going to be studying Scripture, but I'm going to also be in prayer. I'm also going to listen to sermons. I'm also going to have opportunities to um, hear and let the Spirit guide me. So the issue isn't so much, did I read my Bible? Did I do my 20 minutes of devotions? But the issue is, do I have a rhythm where I'm consistently hearing from God, where I'm, seeing, where I'm hearing more and more of who He made me to be? Another rhythm, for example, is the rhythm of rest under, God, under our relationship with God. Well, if I just say, well, rest is just Sabbath day, well, then I can be very legalistic on a Sabbath day. When I realize that what God really wants from me is to rest, Sabbath can be a helpful tool to help me rest. Fasting can be another helpful tool. So all of those spiritual disciplines find themselves underneath a rhythm rather than letting them become the end goal. So let the rhythm become the end goal. I just want to make sure I'm hearing from God. And that week, this week, it means I'm going to spend a lot of time in the Bible. Next week, I might spend a lot of time in prayer. But the bottom line is, am I hearing from God? Am I resting in God? Mm-hmm. So that, those are some of the rhythms under that. You know, so. you talk about the posture of humility with God, and you talk about I'm shaped by the Word and the Spirit. In my quiet time this week, I came across Psalm 25.9 that said, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. I love that. I I do too. Yeah. And I think part of that is because I'm going through the, you know, yearly Bible, Mm -hmm. doing my daily reading. And I don't know if I would have necessarily come up with that 
passage this week. Yeah. But there I there I did, and now you're talking about it. I can connect some dots. Well, you know what? You know what's really interesting to me about that verse when it says that he's going to teach the humble. Um, I, I wonder sometimes, what have I missed? What lessons have I missed because I've not been humble with God? Totally. You know, like he's saying, look, all I'm asking of you is be teachable, be humble, and then I will show you these great things. But you have, that's all he's asking of us. And I think of, man, how many times did I think I'm going to prove myself or I can do this or I can make it happen. <laughs> and the reality is, is that I'm missing out on the movement of God in my right, life. Right. Yeah. You're right. Pastor Jason Stonehouse is my guest. And we're going to keep on this discussion of uh, postures and rhythms um, in terms of growing in our uh, spiritual growth and our discipleship and growing in our identity in Christ and and just letting God shape us. Mm. So if you have a comment or question, let us know what it is. Text message 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. Otherwise, we will be back in just a few minutes. show. Pastor Jason Stonehouse is in the studio, and he's, uh, we're not talking about his book today, but he's written a book called Something More, Pursuing the Life You Were Made to Live. We're talking today about uh, growing in our faith and our discipleship and uh, being in Christ, living in that identity, and had a nice uh, question come in. Jason, it's for you. And it's how do you decide how and when to engage unbelievers in discipleship and spiritual life? Well, let's look then at the relationship with the world, um, which is those people outside of faith. And there's a number of, so we have five rhythms uh, under each relationship. So each relationship has five different rhythms that when we practice these rhythms, it's going to help us really understand what God's doing and deepen that relationship. So under the relationship with the world, one of the rhythms we call four, F-O-R. And part of it is that a lot of people, particularly unbelievers, are seeing themselves as a mark or a target. And, and, I, and I believe our hearts are strong in the sense of saying, we want something good for you. We want you to know Jesus. But the reality is, is people need to know that you're for them be, without an agenda. Meaning, mm-hmm. I want to see you flourish. I want to see you grow. I want to see you um, become uh, the best version of you. And so part of what we teach under this rhythm of four is learning to see people as God sees them. And then how do we celebrate what God's already doing in their life, even though it may not look like, quote unquote, spiritual things? Mm-hmm. So that would be one of the things. An- another one, uh, another one of the rhythms under world is to initiate. I cultivate relationships with people outside of faith. And so I would really look at spiritual growth and discipleship to get to the listener's question um, as really this whole process is we all are spiritual beings. And so um, for people who are outside of faith, they're not yet come to the point of giving their lives to Jesus. But there are things we can be doing to cultivate the relationship with them, to let them know we're for them, and then looking for opportunities to invite them. And that's one of the other rhythms is to draw others into a next step with Jesus. Sometimes 
sometimes that might be inviting them to a social event with other believers where they can just see that we're some somewhat normal people or they it might be inviting them to a church event or yeah. it might, and then or it may actually be inviting them to faith um, to follow after Jesus but I think there's so we are so quick to put all of the pressure and emphasis on oh, I got to share the gospel and I got to let them know this but there's so much I think we need to be doing on the front end of this especially in a very skeptical culture that we find ourselves in to let them know we're for them we love them we really want the best for you and because i want the best for you i need to share this with you because it is the best thing that's changed me Mm -hmm. and and that's where i think the evangelism takes a very different uh feel and look and certainly you can pray that god will create that opportunity in that moment absolutely But if you love them for who they are and where they're at in their life and they feel that from you boy they're gonna they're going to open their heart. Yeah, yeah. One of the things we talk about in the uh, three relationships that we haven't brought up yet is um, we use this thing called graciously intrusive conversations, graciously intrusive conversations. And so the idea being is that we want to have those kinds of conversations with one another in the church, but we also can have graciously intrusive questions with people who are outside of the church. And so we gave our whole church this uh, magnet that has the three relationships on it. And in the middle of the magnet, it says, Describe each of these three relationships in your life. And my friend who's out in California, he has uh, people in his church who will kind of walk up and down the beach and they will just take a, a magnet like this and they'll just show it to, to a stranger and they'll say, describe each of these three relationships in your life. And he sa- he just tells me like some of the conversations they get into Well, like, you know, God, you know, he's abandoned me and the church is all full of hypocrites. And so they have a relationship, even though they're unbelievers, they have a relationship with God, a relationship with the church and a relationship with the world. And you can get into graciously intrusive conversations with folks that then gives you an opportunity to start understanding their story and then be able to interject your own story and see how those two come together. I like that expression. Graciously intrusive, intrusive yeah. conversations. Yeah, it's speaking the truth in love. Yeah, right. But it's just another way of kind of getting at that to say, I think a lot of times we either err on, we're so gracious with one another, and you know, the whole Minnesota nice, I right. don't want to tell you what I really think, or and or sometimes some of us are so intrusive that right. there's no grace involved. And so really the graciously intrusive conversations. And I think when you look at the relationships in your life, once again, it's conversations that build those relationships. Mm-hmm. So that's really the last piece of the three relationship uh, framework or the mindset of how we think about this is how do we encourage one another to have those graciously intrusive conversations? I think our churches would be a lot more mature, biblically speaking, if we would just have those conversations with each other. Mm -hmm. Kind of another way to say it is, I don't do small talk well. What makes you tick? (laughs) Sure. Some people kind of, because I've used that before. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of light up like, oh, you really want to get to know me, don't you? yeah. You know, versus what about that game last night? Right. I can't, I can't, I can do that for a couple minutes, but then I got to move on. Yeah, I, there was a guy in, in my church just a, uh, two weeks ago, and I just sat down next to him and I said, So tell me your story. Yeah. And he's like, Well, what do you mean by that? I'm like, Well, what got you to here? You know, and he started sharing all this kinds of information with me that was super helpful and super interesting. I was like, Wow, that happened. And then as soon as somebody starts telling you their story, then you take interest and you say, Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Why, yeah. why do you think that way? And I think by getting in those kinds of conversations, like you said, it's a lot more meaningful than just, you know, the sports or whatever. Right. I mean, so. I had a guest on last week, and I and I said, uh, so what's your middle name? And, boy, he had a two-and-a-half-minute story on it. It was absolutely <laughs> fantastically interesting. Wow. And it's like, well, 
that was a pretty simple question. Right. And I, and I just think, especially when it comes to evangelism, I think we've been trained to kind of do it as a sales pitch, as, a, as opposed to saying, I just want to get to know you. Right. I want to enjoy you. Right. And, and believe me, if you're truly a b- believer and it's your identity, as we've been talking about this whole hour, this, that's going to come out. Your faith is going to come out. It's going to come into the conversation, but it's going to come in a lot more naturally than we often are trained to do it. Yeah. What's your middle name? <laughs> well, I like to tell people my middle initial is T, so I like to tell people my middle name is the Jason the Stonehouse. You know, I I always think that's just that, <laughs> does that bit work? Um, not really. People usually, but it, my Thomas? middle name is Todd. Todd. Todd okay, yeah, where'd so. that come from? Uh, Who's the Todd in your life? I don't know who the Todd in my life. Really? No, my parents never told me who that is. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a two-minute story for you. The the is much I was more hoping, interesting. <laughs> yeah, you notice my fingers just went uncrossed. All right. <laughs> I was hoping for the two-minute story on Todd. All right, uh, <laughs> let's go back to the, the 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 five ways, the five rhythms when it comes to God. Because I know we covered sure. uh, here, I'm shaped by the Word and the Spirit, mm-hmm. and then rest. I purposely choose to release and receive. Mm-hmm. We're talking about that as far as Sabbath. Now, let's move on from yeah, there. Yeah, and then there's delight, uh, which means I treasure and enjoy God's presence. So this is where praise and worship come in. This is where gratitude comes in. Some of those spiritual disciplines all fall under this idea of, am I prioritizing God? Am I really delighting in his presence? And then the fourth rhythm is the rhythm of respond. I act on what God reveals. So you, you can be, and I've noticed this as a, as a preacher, I can have a room full of 800 people and every single person, not every single person, but there's a number of different responses where God reveals something to somebody that he doesn't reveal to of somebody course. else. And so part of it is just saying, okay, God takes a personal interest in my life and in my story. So what is he revealing to me that I need to respond to? And I think a lot of times in church, Church, we think if I felt guilty after the sermon, then that's my response. I feel bad, and that's a good sermon because you feel bad. Right, you're convicted. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's that's not enough. And I think a lot of people stop there. It's like, oh, that was a good sermon, Pastor. I really got me right here, you know. <laughs> and it's like, well, I want you to more than get you right here. I want to get you on the the next six days of your life. You right. know, is that gonna is that gonna change the way you live or the way you think or what you do? So this rhythm of learning to regularly respond and act on what. God reveals to you. And then the last rhythm under God is to offer. I bring the best and the worst of me to God. And what I mean by that is this involves disciplines such as confession. Uh, I'm going to bring God like, God, I'm not proud of this. And yes, God, I agree with you that this thing is not who you made me to be. It's out of alignment with you. But it's also bringing the best of me to God to say, God, I think you've wired this up in me. And I, when I do this, I, it, it, people respond and, and it's, it makes a positive impact. And so that's some of the best of me. And I want to give you my best, God. I, I want to give you whatever it is that will be helpful for your mission and your kingdom going forward. So that's that idea of offering both our best and our worst to God. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk a little about the church? I do. Okay. I do. So when we talk about the church, you talk about this second relationship um, with the posture of love. Here are some of the rhythms that we use um, to help grow our relationship with one another. Uh, One is really to be open. That's the first one. I allow myself to be truly seen and known. Uh, So this past weekend in our church, we um, started a series through the book of Song of Solomon. Uh, We called it Love Songs. And uh, so it's a six-week series. And in chapter one, we have some insecurities that the Shulamite woman 
woman is is dealing with. And so the whole sermon this weekend was really talking about the insecurities and the shame that people deal with and what do we tend to do with our shame and our insecurities. Well, at the end of the sermon, um, our host came up and said, hey, if you want to go a little deeper in this topic, uh, we want to encourage you to try this rhythm of open. Um, it's, it's in our, we have a little resource area for this and Try to allow yourself to be open and truly seen and known by other people in your life. And so um, that's just a, a way that we're starting to use these rhythms in our regular church uh, life. Um, so that's open. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. And uh, then you want to keep going or uh, yeah. time for a break? No, 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 no. no we're <laughs> All good. Right. All right, cool. So then the second one is to engage. I practice being present with others. And man, I'll tell you, with today's smartphone culture, how many times you go to a restaurant and you see three people, four people sitting at a restaurant, they're all on their phones. We don't know what it is to be present with one another. And that's why we built this rhythm into the church is to say, what would it look like in in my relationship if I would choose to engage with other people, to be present with others and not be distracted by, you know, my, my, what's buzzing in my pocket or whatever it might be. Um, And then thirdly is the uh, rhythm of influence. I intentionally choose to build others up. And we were talking about that a few minutes ago about affirming, Mm -hmm. seeing where we see the good in others. And then the fourth rhythm is honor. I put aside myself for the sake of others. So what does it mean to really honor my husband? What does it mean to honor my wife? What does it mean for me to honor the people in authority over me? Um, And what does it mean to just honor one another? And then the last rhythm is this rhythm of being generous. I give intentionally to further God's kingdom. And that's not just giving financially. That's also giving, uh, being generous with my words, being generous in my thoughts towards others, um, but also generous, obviously, with my time, with my finances. That's uh, that idea of building a rhythm of being generous into our lives is really going to build our relationship with the church. Yeah, I mean, Jason, encouraging words, life-affirming words, cost you nothing. Yeah, why do people uh, resist? Why are they reluctant? Is it because they're they're giving something that they may not be getting in return? They want it for themselves? Yeah, I, I don't know about every person, but I can tell you from my own story, I'm so future-oriented that I tend to look at what could be. And okay. so what I often find is I find myself being more critical because I'm like, we need to change this and this so that in the future we're going to be in a better place. Oh, okay. And so it's a little, so it requires me, like I was just sharing this with our team this morning, it requires me more work to be present and say, what does it mean for me to just just praise what's happening right in this moment and, and put fuel on the fire of the good stuff in people's lives rather than always trying to critique or to analyze and figure out what needs to change, mm-hmm. which is where our minds tend to go. Yeah, no kidding. You know, so I don't know if that's true for everybody, but that's why I think I sometimes have trouble speaking those life words. It's not because I'm afraid I'm going to use them all up. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's more where they came from, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> all right, let me take a little break. Pastor Jason Stonehouse is my guest. This is so interesting, Jason. Uh, I really love the work you've done on this. If you have a question, let us know. 877-93-FAITH. 877-93-FAITH. We'll be right back. Jason Stonehouse is my guest in the studio. I really like what we're talking about today. If you missed any of it, you're going to want to start at the beginning. We're talking about the way many churches and Christians approach the idea of spiritual growth 
and discipleship. And this is real interesting. You've given a, three significant relationships, relationship with God, relationship with the church, other believers in Jesus, and the relationship with the world. Now, we just got done talking about the five rhythms of the uh, of the posture of humility with God, and, and then we talked about the church and the posture of love with other fellow believers. Now it's going to be the tricky one, Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Relationship with the world. Yes. And that's yes. not quite as friendly. No, it's not quite as friendly. And we did talk about this in response to uh, one of the listeners' questions earlier. But this idea of the first rhythm under the relationship with the world. um, And remember, each of these rhythms are things that we try to build into our regular life uh, consistently. And that allows us to um, really be able to go deeper and bring health into those relationships. So with the world, the first rhythm is to anticipate I join what God is already doing. And so it's just this walking into every relationship, every encounter with the belief that God has gotten there before us and that he is at work. And so we're joining what he's already doing in our lives, uh, in, in, the, in others' lives, I should say. Um, and so we're looking for those signs. We're looking at, hey, is God working over here? And boy, I see, I see some questions, some sincerity going on. But we also have to be very careful because sometimes, as uh, Proverbs warns us not to cast our pearls before the swine, um, before a pigs. So there's some people that are just not ready to listen. And I have to be able to see and discern where is God moving. And then the second rhythm is the rhythm of being for. I see people as God sees them. And really, I think particularly in our skeptical culture, they need the world needs to see that we're for them. We're not against them. I think so often we're known for what we're against rather than what we're for. And people need to know, hey, I'm for you. And the reason I'm sharing the gospel with you It's because I love you and I'm for you and I want to see good things happen in your life. And I'm so sad to see all the brokenness that you've been experiencing. I'm for you. And then thirdly is the, the rhythm of initiate. I cultivate relationships with people outside of faith. And I know, especially for me as a pastor, I have to be really intentional about this one um, because I meet people all the time who come to our church who aren't believers. But as far as out in the world, I have to be intentionally seeking those times out to initiate and cultivate those kinds of relationships. Um, That's an area. um, In fact, that was the area that... uh, the, we have an online assessment that people can take that allows you to kind of see how you're doing in the three relationships. And then it, it identifies uh, a couple of the rhythms that might be a good place for you to start growing because they have the greatest potential for growth. And so for me, when, when I took the assessment, initiate came back as my area of growth. And so that's really <laughs> where I'm going to do some study. And we have some study guides for each rhythm that we've created. But um, so I want to look at this idea of initiate. And then th- uh, fourth rhythm under world is to invite. I draw others into a next step with Jesus. And so, again, that might be inviting them to a social gathering or a church event or a church service, or it may be inviting them to take a next step, spiritually speaking, you know, getting closer to God, to whatever that next step looks like for them. And then the final rhythm under the world is to serve, um, which is I take risks and step out in faith. And so it's this idea of looking for ways. We're not just talking about official serving service projects or mission trips. That's part of it. But it's also saying, 
hey, there's an opportunity for me to hold a door. There's an opportunity for me to help someone who just dropped something to pick it up and chase them down and say, hey, you dropped this. Whatever it might be to say, how can I serve the people around me um, and be and have that kind of attitude that Christ had for me, who did not consider equality with something with God something to be grasped, but gave himself up. And so it's this mindset of being a servant to the to those in the world that really I think makes a difference in that relationship. And the world's going to have eyes upon us. They're going to be looking and judging us uh, with with uh, probably this harshly. Yeah, and 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 this is why I think where we started this whole discussion is so so key, Bill, because if. If we're just doing things for the world to see us differently, we're going to fail really quickly. But if it's who we are, if it's our identity, and that's what I think these rhythms allow me to do, they, they start to shape my identity, they become who I am, well, then we don't have to fake it. Then we don't have to try to put on a special project or do a special event that somebody's going to see through. But if it's truly who I am, if it's my identity in Christ is to live out these three relationships well, then I just am being who I am. I don't have to, you know, act right. a certain way because I, I feel that pressure oftentimes, particularly as a preacher, and knowing that every time, every weekend I teach, there's people in the room who don't know Jesus. And I'm like, oh, I want to be funny or I want to be interesting or I want to. And you can drive yourself crazy trying to figure out what people want to see from you. And the more and more I've moved on this journey to saying, I'm going to get more and more like Christ so that my identity will just come out. I can just go up there and be myself and know that God's going to use that to touch the lives of others. Mm -hmm. So, Jason, where would you say you uh, need work? You you admitted to one of them, but what about some of the other areas with with God and with the world? Well, I would say um, probably the top two that, as we've had hundreds of people now take these assessments, Mm -hmm. uh, the top two that tend to come back are the initiate, which is the one I uh, said about myself under the world. And then the, probably the biggest one that's coming back is the, is the rest one under uh, our relationship with God. So a lot of people are struggling with carving out that time, making a priority. Um, you mentioned before Sabbath. Well, Sabbath is just one of the things. Also, fasting, when I choose to not eat for a day or I choose to put my smartphone away for a day, you can fast from lots of different things. But fasting can have that solitude. Um, I encourage one of the things we have these idea cards to help you try out these rhythms. And one of the things under rest is to say, hey, go for a walk with God in the woods and just have an opportunity to just talk with God and be with God. And so that idea of just resting is is a tough one for a lot of people um, to really make that time and to make it a priority. And, and here's why. I think we don't think we need to rest. We think I can push it out. I can push a little harder and I don't want to carve out a couple hours. Like for me, Mondays are my day off. So I usually try to find two or three hours on a Monday to just Sabbath for those two or three hours. Mm -hmm. I don't really see Sabbath as something that is legalistically has to always be this day. Because for me, Sunday is my work day. It's not Mm -hmm. my Sabbath day. And so for me, Monday, I usually try to get two or three hours and just say, I'm going to devote this to the Lord. It's going to be a Sabbath time to rest. And so those are the, those are the ones that are coming out most frequently. Uh, A few other of my friends had the invite one come out. Um, We haven't seen a lot in that church relationship one uh, come forward, but there are some that are are beginning to wrestle through some of those things as well. Mm -hmm. And in the delight category, I treasure and enjoy God's presence. Mm. Uh, That, I wonder how Oh, that's working for people. Yeah, yeah. I think because that's so much is a heart one, and it's it's hard to even put 
what do I put as practices under delight? But I found engaging in a worship service can be incredibly helpful. Um, one of the things that I try to do regularly is just even writing out things that I'm grateful for. And by really learning to delight in God and really being thankful and grateful for what he's got, given me starts to make me say, wow, he did this. Because I think we tend to think about what we don't have instead of what we do have. And so if we're going to delight in God, we've got to take the time to say, God, I'm so thankful that you've done this and this and just the character that you've put in me, the opportunities that you give me, all of those things are ways that we can delight in him. Mm-hmm. What if we feel like we're in kind of a desperate place and our world is collapsing around us? Yeah, I think one of the things with that is um, oftentimes when we haven't been fostering these rhythms in our lives, what happens is what people don't realize oftentimes is by practicing these rhythms consistently, whether you quote unquote need them or not, (laughs) um, you prepare yourself, you put yourself in a position where when the world comes crashing in on you, you're prepared for it. You're mm-hmm. ready for it. But what oftentimes happens is I am, I, everything's coming crashing in on me and I have no resources. My tank is empty because I've not really done those consistent right. things to build into that. So, so have you got a little online, free online assessment that listeners could take? Yeah. So it'd be kind you, of fun. Yeah. If you want to go on our, our church website, uh, extendgrace.org, extendgrace.org. And if you get onto our website um, and you just click on three relationships, which is a drop down menu on the right hand side, and then you'll see, I do a little video there explaining what I just talked through this past hour. And then it'll say right to the left hand side, take free assessment. And then you click on that and it'll ask you a bunch of questions and you evaluate yourself. And at the end, it'll say, this is your relationship that you're strongest in right now. This is the relationship that has the greatest opportunity for growth. And then it will actually pinpoint down at the bottom right, this is the uh, relationship, uh, this is the rhythm that you should start with because it has the greatest opportunity for you to really grow in. And then we actually also put a PDF on there that people can click on and they can download uh, one of the books that we've written um, that will help them explore that particular rhythm and go a little deeper in it. So... Mm -hmm. So the postures um, and the rhythms, this is all an interesting way of framing it. Yeah. And I, I love the rhythms. It's a great word. I, I don't think anybody's scared of the word rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're, um, you know, trying to dance at a wedding reception. <laughs> and then all bets yeah. are off, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. Then all bets are off. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jason, let me just tell our listeners one more time um, that it's extend grace.org. Yes. You want to take this free online assessment. It might give you some information about yourself, where you can grow, how you can improve your walk, not only with the Lord, but with fellow believers and with the world. So we can have a posture of readiness to share our faith and our hope that we have and, uh, with others. And I also wanted to just, um, my personal website is lifeinprocess.com, lifeinprocess.com. And I'm actually currently doing a podcast where I'm talking about each one of the rhythms and doing a little 10, 15 minute uh, devotional kind of thought on each of the rhythms. So. Yeah, they won't have time for that because okay. they always listen to my podcast no, I know, first. But, yeah. Yeah. but if they have time they have later, time, they yes, can head yes. over there, lifeinprocess.com. Jason Stonehouse, thanks so much for coming in. It's been a delight having you yeah, here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, that wraps up our show for the day. Thanks to everyone um, who came on, Jarrett Stepman and uh, Dr. Ann Bradley and Jason. What a great show. If you missed any of it, head over to MyFaithRadio.com. You know the show page. You can hear it uh, right from the beginning. Have a great night, everyone. God bless. I'll see you tomorrow.
Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.